Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Today, we're asking the question, should we care what other people think, and exploring both sides of this paradoxical coin. On one hand, there are times where we need to turn off the opinions of others so that we can live out our own purpose and calling. On the other hand, sometimes we need other people's thoughts and perspectives to help us grow in that purpose and calling. Now that's what we're tackling in this episode, and we hope it gets you thinking in the best and balanced way. We're so excited for you to hear this discussion. Let's jump right into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today I am really looking forward to this topic because I think uh, some people can be very black and white people, uh, very right and wrong, which is great. Um, But I'm a person who loves a good paradox. I love (laughs) when uh, you can hold truths in tension, when two seemingly contradictory statements can both hold elements of truth. And that's something that we're talking about today. So What we're going to do is talk about kind of two sides of this coin, one of them being why we should not care what other people think. And then the other side of that is why we should care what other people think. So uh, as we get into this, let's start on that. The first side of that coin is why we should not care what other people think. All right. Who's getting started here? (laughs) It went silent. (laughs) Well, I think, I think (laughs) uh, that we should seek first the kingdom of God and uh, truth and our God takes preeminence over everything else. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important because uh, we're not called to walk in the fear of man, but in the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that is something that keeps us on track. It it positions us so that we can serve them well. Yeah. But if we are controlled by the opinions of man, it's going to take us off course. So in that, you know, I'll just tell one little story uh, about me. But uh, I was in a, a position to where I was a woman in ministry. And it was at a time in history when women were not celebrated in ministry. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really obeyed God. I knew what God spoke to me. Uh, My husband was so supportive of me. Uh, He would say, you're okay with God. You're okay with me. But the barrage of attack was so intense yeah. that it really got to me. And and we even had a church spil- split because people left because Melody's controlling or whatever. And, and it was just so difficult that I began to despise the gift. See, I, I began to care more what men thought than what God thought. And it was, it was very difficult. And for two years, I did not experience the anointing or the presence of God in my life. I heard his voice for me, but I didn't hear it for others. And it was just like everything dried up for two years. And at the end of two years, uh, I just had an encounter with the Lord and he told me, I'm restoring that which you despised. Mm -hmm. And that really hit my heart. I despised the gift inside of me. I despised what God called me to do because... I suffered in that. And at that moment, I made a decision that I had to obey God and not man. Mm -hmm. So I learned at that point, I'm called to serve man, but I'm not called to obey them and not be controlled by their opinions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I, I think of the question is, why should we not care what other people think? And my thought is, what people are we talking about? (laughs) Because 
obviously we have people in our life that are in authority over us that we submit to, we submit to one another. So are the people that we're talking about people that love us mm-hmm. and want the uh, our best interest? Mm-hmm. You know, so should we care what they think? I would say yes, we should. Yeah. We should care what they think. How about people that aren't committed in relationship to you and they have their own interest at mind? I would say no, you yeah. probably shouldn't, right? <laughs> what about people that love us that don't understand the journey that we're on? Well, that's a little trickier, right? Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that goes back to, Lord, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. You know, Where are you leading? What have you spoken? But always be open to receiving truth. Mm-hmm. You know, if God used a donkey to yeah. correct someone, I, I think uh, God can use anything or anyone to speak truth to us. Now, I know that a lot of us probably won't like this thought, but any critique might have an element of truth in it. Yeah, That's true. That's yeah. true. And even though it's painful, or, and even if it's coming from someone that you're not that thrilled about, uh, now, I don't think you need to evaluate everything, because if you did, I just think that would be an emotional hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I'll just be open to receive, like, yeah, I'm I don't believe that's true, but I could see where maybe I do respond in that way. Maybe I do respond in in a way that isn't beneficial, you know. And and so uh another thing like I said is, you know, there's people online that we call internet trolls, right? <laughs> and so no, I don't think you should care what people think in that <laughs> arena, right? So when when we say, should we care what people think? I think it is dependent upon the type of relationship it is. Yeah, that's very Because good. if you go with the attitude that no one's going to tell me what to do, <laughs> yeah. it's called failure is coming, <laughs> right? Yeah. You have to look at the person. You have to look at the situation. You have to be open for critique. Yeah. So when, when we say, should we listen uh, should we uh, care yeah. what people think? The answer is yes and yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in your case, it really affected you in a spiritual mm-hmm. way. Um, but in other cases, we might need to he- heed those that but are But see, that us. was my fear. Sure. And uh, I cared too much about what they thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, one thing you said I thought was so good is that I... I let it go too far, but when someone would speak evil of me or they would gossip about me, I'd always say, is there a seed of truth? Mm -hmm. And honestly, at times there were seeds of truth Yeah, because I would put walls around myself to try to protect me and all types of things that I would do that caused people to respond to me in negative ways. And so I would begin to work on those. And when I saw my imperfections, I kind of led, you know, and that was at a time in my life, there was so much shame and fear in me already. But through all those things, I did listen to what people said, but I cared too much. And literally, there were times where I disobeyed God. In fact, one story where I literally disobeyed the voice of God because I was so afraid somebody in the church would leave the church if I didn't go shopping with them the next day. How stupid is that? And uh, I didn't go shopping. (laughs) And you know the rest of the story of that one. Joel was four years old and we were in a car accident. And um, 
If it wasn't for a move of God, I won't go into the whole story, but if it wasn't for a move of God, Joel wouldn't be here. And so here I put my son's life at risk because we went in the middle of a, of snow uh, and we're in a car accident when God specifically told me not to go. Mm-hmm. But I was afraid of the opinions of man. And so I think we do that a lot of time when we're driven by fear, fear and we put man's opinion on a higher level than God's opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we kind of told our stories a little yeah. bit. So do you have you any got a stories? Story? <laughs> I don't know if I have a story. Or, uh, I just think, I just think, you know, a lot of times on Instagram, I, I hate those like catchy, like do what makes you happy. I'm like, that is the worst advice in the world. <laughs> but sometimes you see people and they go, well, who cares what people think? Just do you, you know, be you. And I think sometimes I, I look at those people's life choices and I think, you know, if you're you doing you <laughs> to what somebody thought, it might go better for you. So it is kind how, of how is you working out for yeah, you? Yeah, how's, how's that working out for you? And you know, maybe they're enjoying maybe they're, their hey, life. Hey, I whatever. don't know. <laughs> but but you know, sometimes it is finding that balance of not caring and you know, feedback is a real thing <laughs> that yeah. is important and valuable. So yeah, it's it's seeing both. Um, I do think if we listen just very practically, there are so many voices in the world that if we tried to listen to all of them, mm-hmm. and we do often try to listen to so many voices um, that you literally are going crazy because you're trying to navigate all of these different voices. I know I could turn on, um, I could turn on a. Um, Democratic news news station and be convinced that what they're saying is true. I turn on a Republican news station, be convinced that what they're saying is true. And now I'm stuck in the middle of, I don't even know what I believe. And so, yes, when we invite so many voices in and um, we're, you know, trying to navigate that, we're, we're kind of going crazy. And so sometimes you have to um, narrow your field of how many voices you're letting in and then deciding, like you were saying, who are the people that I should be caring about what they think of my life, what my decisions are, you know, the way I'm thinking, all those things. And who it just, sometimes it just does not matter what they think. Yeah. And sometimes you might want the opinion of men because you don't like what God said. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, God speaking to, well, you, God's speaking to you and he's leading you and you're not really that thrilled about it. So you're like, oh, I need the other input. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's not you're, great You're either. going to somebody for permission to do what you wanted yeah, to do exactly. all along. Yeah. You know? And you know, <laughs> if you look hard enough, you'll find a scripture to back up what you sure. want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you're using it correctly, but yeah. you'll find whatever you need to prove your point. Yeah. And I think here's another aspect of the dichotomy of the two, because... Uh, there are leaders in our life that God has put there for our growth and our maturity and all those type of things. But if we are pursuing the approval of a leader more than we're pursuing the approval of heaven, we're positioning ourselves to get our need met from that leader and not from God. And so I love the scripture in Proverbs 29. uh, It's in verse 26. It says, many seek the face of a ruler or a leader, but it is from the Lord that a man gets justice. Mm -hmm. And I I go to a person because I'm trying to get them to fix something for me Mm -hmm. or to be something for me that only God can be. And so if 
I want the approval of men and I care only what man says, even if that person is a leader or trying to get my needs met from a leader, I'm positioning myself uh, to get what only man can give and not what God wants to give. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going along with that, that's really good, um, is that God created you to be you. And so if you're trying to be somebody else and you're caring what everybody else is thinking to try to fit into a model of somebody else's right or somebody else's life, um, then you are getting off track of what God called you to do, who God created you to be, that uniqueness that he's put inside of you. I remember I was in children's church and I um, gave the kids this big floor puzzle and they didn't know it, but I had taken out a few pieces before I gave it to them. So they go to work and they're putting this puzzle together. And, you know, after a while they realize they can't finish the puzzle. And so I said, what if, um, if somebody says, well, I'm not like everybody else. And so I'm not going to be a part. Mm. And they said, well, then we can't finish the puzzle. I said, well, what if you took one of these other pieces and you try to put it in one of the other holes? Well, we can't finish the puzzle. It doesn't work that way. And so the point was that we each have our specific role. We each have a unique part to play. And so if I try to listen to everybody else's opinions to be like someone else, then I am taking away from what God created me to do and that space that only I can fill. And so I think in the aspect of when should we not care what other people think, it's just saying, you know, what is my lane? What is my role? What is my uh, unique purpose? And sticking with that. And if it doesn't fit that, then you've got to kind of let those things go to the the side. And really, I believe that's uh, kind of our leadership methodology as mm-hmm. well as a team and as as we lead the people in 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 our local church. And that is when someone comes to us, we try to help them and teach them how to hear the voice of the Lord for themselves mm-hmm. and encourage them to be who God created them to be and not try to conform them into our image or our opinions, but to equip them and empower them to go to the Lord. And and I think that's powerful because that's a part of discipleship. Yeah. And that's our methodology. So we want them to care what we think, right? Mm-hmm. But not to the point that they would follow us yeah. and not God. Yeah. Yeah. And even just practically, sometimes you're going to... Um, you're not going to have the skills to do certain roles and just recognizing that you know, yeah, there, there's definitely something to developing and learning and gaining new skills. But sometimes you're like, well, that's just, that's really not my role. That somebody else is so much better at that. Let them do that and I'll do what I'm good at. I love this scripture where it says, we know in part and we prophesy in part. Mm-hmm. That's every human being on the planet. <laughs> yeah. now, whether we're pastors or leaders or parents or whatever, we only know in part. And, uh, the other person only knows in part. So we have to recognize if God is truly, um, and I hate to throw this out because it's so easy to say, well, God told me as an excuse to just do what we want to do so we don't care about what somebody else yeah. thinks. Uh, I love the scripture where it talks about in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So we can give you the scriptures on not walk in the fear of man. And we can give you scriptures like you need a multitude of counselors. (laughs) And so I think it's just being in that place where we recognize there is that beautiful Mm -hmm. dichotomy that is not a bad thing that we should care about the opinions of others, but we need to hear from the Lord for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You were kind of talking about 
hearing the voice of God, you're talking about knowing in part and prophesying in part, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of that scripture, uh, my sheep hear my voice and a voice of a stranger they will not follow. So my encouragement to everyone listening to this is develop hearing the voice of God. Yeah. Practice that, you know, lean into it, press into it. That's knowing his word, but also hearing his voice. And maybe you get a feeling or an unction or a a leading, you know, being obedient to those things. Uh, You know, some people like to watch these cop drama shows and stuff like that. (laughs) I I, I would watch them so you know, I would watch them before, but then I would wake up like thinking someone's in my house trying to break it, <laughs> kind of those things. But I did find another show or these documentary series on kind of cult leaders, and I've kind of been fascinated with that. But one of the the reoccurring themes with all these cult leaders is they took the place of God's voice in people's Ooh, lives. And so, yes, we need people speaking into our life. But no pastor, no uh, authority can take God's voice in your life. And that is so important. And his voice is his word. So uh, a, a pastor can't tell you to do something that is contrary to the word of God. Right. And if you don't know the word of God, guess what? You'll fall for any uh, wave of teaching that comes. Mm-hmm. So my encouragement to you is to know the word of God, be secure in that, uh, work um, by reason of use, hearing his voice mm-hmm. and applying it to your life. And to be honest, if you are hearing his voice, I truly believe that God extends grace to those yeah. around. Mm-hmm. So if there is, if someone is saying something that you might believe is contrary to what God is saying within you, you don't have to be a jerk about it. <laughs> I think if you are being led by his spirit, you can have the wisdom and the 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 tact to communicate what's inside of your heart as well. Mm-hmm. I love that in that scripture, it talks about two voices. Mm-hmm. My sheep hear my voice mm-hmm. and the voice of mm-hmm. a stranger they don't follow. And I think that's why we need such a good solid foundation in the word of God, mm-hmm. because God is not going to speak contrary to the word of God. Mm-hmm. The word is a more sure word of prophecy, but he's also not going to speak contrary to his heart and his nature and his character. Mm-hmm. And so I think God has given us some... Um, principles that can help us to be able to divide what is the voice of the Lord and what is the voice of a stranger. Because we're going to hear both of those voices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as we're on this earth, we're going to hear both of those voices. So we have to be able to to divide them. And um, I believe... We need leadership. We need those speaking it. We all need mentors. We've talked about that before. We all need those that are going to speak into our lives, but they are not there to tell us what to do, but to lead us and guide us and teach us how to hear the voice of the Lord for ourselves, which is so, so important. And I'll, And when we do have that multitude of counselors, it's because those different counselors are bringing truth to the table. They're bringing the character of God. They're bringing principles to the table and allowing us to process through that and make a decision. And if you don't think you have a blind spot, well, there's your blind spot. There you go. Right? That is good. So So true. You you need people in your life that can see it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a reason why we should care what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. yeah. So we were kind of <laughs> yeah. talking about why we that's should. That's okay. It, they're they're going to be mixed in because yeah, I think there are. is overlap and there is back and forth. 
Um, but I would just say another thing to add to the why people should not or why we should not care is that the Bible just says that you're we're not made of the world, uh, so the world's not going to understand us. And so I think we have to, as believers, recognize that truth mm. is that the world is not always going to understand us. And that doesn't mean we have to convince them or uh, argue with them or even change their mind. It just means we have to understand that as um, believers under a different kingdom, uh, we're not always going to fit in. And so we just got to recognize if it's, you know, sin or sin. So they, um, non-believers speak the language of non-believers. And so when we, when we're hearing voices, we have to say, okay, where, what kingdom is this person under? If they're not under the, the kingdom of heaven, then I, I don't want to be with them. I don't want to be conformed to the ways of the world because I'm being transformed by the renewing of so my good. mind under a new kingdom. So I'm so yeah. glad you talked about that because prior to that, we were talking about like in the church world, mm -hmm. but the fact is we are hearing a lot of voices yeah. from the world, mm -hmm. you know, from, from society, from the loudest voices, from the news, from whatever. And we just cannot live our lives based upon the voice of the world, or we will not only be confused, but we will walk in fear. And so there's certain voices we just got to cut off. I, I know, Joel, you were preaching on Sunday and you said, I have been sober for a week. <laughs> and everyone looked at you like, well, you've been sober for a week. And you said, yeah, I've been sober uh, from the news media for a week. Stopped watching it. <laughs> you stopped watching it. And sometimes we just got to say no to the voices of the world because it it can be overwhelming because what has got our attention will have our direction. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we just need to say there's voices that I have the ability to just walk away from. I don't have a relationship with these people. I don't need to listen to the news. I don't need to even go there. Yeah. This isn't a, a place I even have a relationship with, but I give them so much power and so much authority that I feed on it so much that I get all confused that I don't even hear the voice of the Lord or don't have faith in what God God has spoken in his word because I'm trusting in the opinions of man. Mm -hmm. And so I just love that you brought that to the table because that's a very clear, easy way to process. That is one set of voices that I should not care about listening yeah. to. Yeah. And sometimes it's a little tricky because the world can sound pretty biblical, you know. Uh, I think of Adam and Eve when the serpent came to Eve. Mm. It, it sounded pretty close to what God said, um, but there was mixture. And so mm -hmm. even in the world, sometimes we we think that we should care, you know, like, um, you know, caring for the poor. Like, and there could be something that sounds so good, um, but because they're of a different kingdom, there's mixture there and then we can get off. And so it is just really keeping the plumb line of um, the kingdom that we're under and making sure that we are living according to the laws of the kingdom and not allowing the mixture, even though it may sound good, of the voices of the world. Yeah. Well, I've learned in, in my own life because I have lots of opportunity to be in the marketplace or in secular society, if you want to call it that. But I learned that I've got to hold steady to the voice 
the message and the language that God has given me. Mm-hmm. And it might be a marketplace language without scriptures or biblical context, but it is his art. It is his nature. And when I go into those spheres of influence, I hold steady to what God spoke to me. And that doesn't mean I can't be a light. I get to be a light in a dark place, but I'm holding steady to what God has already revealed to me, and I don't compromise in that place. I love unconditionally, but I don't compromise what God has given me. Yeah, that's good because we are we are we don't want to just um, be in our little echo chamber bubble and um, not hear the the Bible says that we are to be in the world and not of the world. So that's good. When I started in ministry a long time ago, I, I was pretty young, but one of the things that was really uh, prevalent in the church was we need to be relevant. We need <laughs> to be relevant, and mm. I think over time, I've come to realize that's left some or open the door for some error in the yeah. church. Mm-hmm. I don't think the church was ever meant to be relevant. Mm-hmm. I th- I believe that the church was always meant to be life-giving. Mm-hmm. And if you are life-giving, then you are always relevant. Very good. Yeah. And so when we're talking about the world versus the church, we got to stray from trying to relate or be relevant to the world rather than just be who God created us to be, mm-hmm. which like what we're talking about, life exchange. If we exchange the life that we've been given, then guess what? We will be relevant to a hurting, dying yes. generation, a broken world mm-hmm. if we are just life-giving. Yeah. Most yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and I think, you know, the more we just are who God created us to be, uh, you might be the person who's really, you know, fitting into culture, you know, stylistically, or you might not. But the point is that you're being who God created you to be and not trying to fit in, you know, to the world. Yeah, if relevancy was just stylistically, I don't think it would be a problem. Yeah. Right. Right. But it turned into a change of foundational doctrines to be relevant. I Mm -hmm. think that's where you get into trouble. Yes. For sure. And... I I think you used the word earlier, mixture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, and we talked about the voice of the Lord, and we talked about the voice of the stranger. And so some, if we're trying to listen to both voices or, or try, I think when you talked about the garden, uh, basically they were driven by their perceived need. And I think when we go to the world and we care about what the world thinks, we have a perceived need that I have to be there and I have to do certain things rather than just being in a place of being light and darkness, just being who God created us to be. And one thing that I've learned, the world is so hungry for us. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Joel, if we try to become so relevant, we're not different. Yeah. We're not set apart. We look apart. the same. Yeah. We look the same. And I've just learned that people are craving not just authentically melody, they're craving authentic truth. Mm-hmm. They are truth craving and love. Yes, yeah. truth and love and answers. Our world is craving for solutions. And we have the ability to bring that to the table. So uh, in actuality, we're not caring about their opinion about or what they think. We've positioned ourselves 
to serve those who might think differently so we can reach them. And actually, when you were talking, Joel, I just wanted to cry because it was so powerful of recognizing the opportunity we have as believers to hold steady to the voice of the Lord, but still go and reach the world and be a light in darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we're talking about not pleasing people, I think this is probably the scripture that most people think of. But in Galatians 1.10, mm. this is Paul speaking. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Mm-hmm. Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Wow. So he said, if I were still trying to please people, well, what was he before? He was a proponent of the law. Oh, yeah. And that is what he was addressing. He was addressing these these people, these legalists that were trying to come in and say, no, the way to salvation is through the law. And Paul's saying, no, it's not, yeah. right? No, it's not. Um, so when he was talking about not pleasing people, he was he was protecting the gospel. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, if you want to go back to that way of life, it actually brings bondage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was talking about. The church, we are a center. We are a place where people can experience life and freedom. And that is the line where we say, no, I'm not going to be moved by what men thinks. It's what truth says. But is that truth the thing that's going to bring life to people. And like Paul was talking about, we need to protect the true gospel that brings freedom to men and not be brought back into legalism of the law. Wow. That's really good. Really good. good. So we kind of talked about why we shouldn't, you know— Care. About what why we yeah. shouldn't care what other people think. So let's let's tackle why we should care what other people think because we kind of talked a little bit about it. It's kind of like you have to yeah. know the situation, yeah. but why should we care what other people think? Yeah. Well, I'll start out uh, in Proverbs 22, 1. It says that a good reputation is better than wealth. And so throughout the Bible, it, it talks about uh, our reputation. And so that is caring what other people think about us, the <laughs> reputation that I have. Well, Jesus grew in favor with God and man. man. Yeah. 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 So we see how not it's not like one side of this is, is correct and the other side isn't. Both are correct in different ways. Um, so, and I think, you know, the, the term Christian means little Christs. We are made to model and represent the kingdom well. So we're no, no longer just representing me, Katie. I'm now representing my father in heaven and uh, the family, the kingdom that I'm a part of. And so if I want to represent him well, then I kind of have to care uh, what other people are thinking about me because if they're thinking that I am selfish, unloving, not trustworthy, then I'm not representing him well, and that should matter to me. And the doors are closed for you to speak into their life. And we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And when we treat people uh, in that way, they are going to view us in light of Christ. And I think that is an important understanding that will do things to honor and celebrate and value and love others so that they can see who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. In church, we've got people coming into the church who need to know 
how much the Father loves them. And they're walking through the doors of the church. And we can go into darkness or into the world and do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Let people know how valued they are and how loved they are. And without us being willing to serve them in that way and love them in that way, they might not ever have the opportunity to know Jesus. And I think that if we could recognize, I want to please, I want to honor, I want to value, I want to celebrate every person I come into contact with. And it's not flattery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is true, genuine validation. We don't want to flatter people. you know. We just want to truly value them by treating them as valuable. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I just think sometimes we hear that the commandments love God, love people. Um, and you can't love people without the people. And so sometimes we just want to make it all about ourselves. Of, well, who cares what other people think? I'm, you know, I'm living my life. But if we're called to love people, then we actually do have to care what they think because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Good, and yeah. so if I don't care about you, then I'm not going to be impacting you. I'm not able to love you well. I'm not able to lead you um, to a good father and a good kingdom. So, And I'm using your word, Katie, but we're ordained to function within community. Yeah. Whether it's the local church community, whether it's the body of Christ community, or whether it is outside of the four walls of the church, we're still a part of a community. And what we do in that sphere of influence uh, is so powerful. And so that is our opportunity to build relationship, to build trust, to be that safe person, to be that nurturer. I can see a gift in somebody who is not a believer and nurture that gift. Mm -hmm. I can be willing to serve and invest into somebody that's not a believer yet because we're a part of a community. And I think that's so important to to walk in a wisdom of recognizing that every human being holds value. Mm -hmm. And so we're not trying to uh, please them in response to not pleasing God, but please them and honor them and celebrate in a way of representing God to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I also think uh, sometimes people will use, and I, and I don't even like putting it in this way, but use the excuse, well, God told me to, <laughs> because they don't want actually outside input. It's like they, <laughs> they'll come for uh, a pastoral meeting and they're like, well, God told me to do this. And what do you want me to say about that? Mm -hmm. So either I have to say, no, that's not God, or not really say much at all. Yeah. So I would encourage you, if you truly want people speaking into your life, people that you trust, you can't come in right away and say, well, this is what God told me to do. Well, am I going to say, well, that's not of God, or you need to disobey God? I think it would be better to say, this is what I'm feeling God Mm -hmm. is saying. This is where I feel... Uh, like he's leading me. What are what are you seeing? You know, and so sometimes I, I would caution just throwing out God told me to do something just right. because you're just trying to get your own way, right? Because yeah. God really does speak through people sometimes. Sure. There are times yeah. when um, 
where that input that someone else has is actually the Lord moving through them. And so staying open because we were created to be in community, uh, that was the model that he set up, Mm -hmm. um, that we actually need each other to even, um, it's not that those people are God, but he does use people to speak into our lives. He says, iron sharpens iron. We make each other better. And so, uh, and you know, sometimes even somebody might say something and you might not agree with the whole thing, but there might be something in there that they're, they're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Or, you know, there's there's wisdom in there. Well, when you think about it, <laughs> you know, some people can be so spooky spiritual yeah. that they look and say, the, the leaf blew this way. And so this is, w- and we're putting all this hope in how the leaf is blowing. <laughs> and rather than, hey, this person that is in authority, they hear the voice of God too. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. trusting the voice of God in those around us as well, and so, like I said earlier, you know, one of the big mistakes that people make in cults and stuff like that is they put someone in the position of being God's voice solely, and they're not, you know. So I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying we need people in our life, and that can also hear the voice of God as well, and and give them an invitation to speak into our lives for sure. Yeah. There's something very powerful in honoring others, uh, whether they are over us or partner with us or we're mentoring or investing or just meeting someone for the first time. It's just really powerful. Uh, One of my favorite scriptures, and I love it in the Passion Translation, is Matthew 5, uh, 14 to 16. It says, your lives light up the world. And then it goes in, don't put your light under a bushel and all those things. But this is where I want to get. It says, so don't hide your light. What is your light? It's who God's created you to be. Mm -hmm. And that light is not for you. It's your light is for others, okay? So let it shine brightly before others. Here we go. So that your commendable works will shine as a light unto them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. So it's saying, guys, I want you to work. Mm -hmm. I want you to put your money where your mouth is. I want you to not just tell them what you think or what you believe. I want you to literally get out through your actions and model before others what it looks like to serve and obey God. And when they see your actions, when they see your generosity, when they see your service, when they see you willing to pay a price, guess what? They're going to look and they're going to see the reason for that. And they're going to glorify God. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say, I thank God for you. And so in that process, you're being a light in a dark world. So why are we doing these works? We want people to see Mm -hmm. them, right? So we do care what they think, because it's not drawing them to us, it's drawing them to the God in us. Uh, Because we're, we're not trying to get them to say, oh, Katie, you're just so wonderful. We're just trying to get them to say, Katie, you're wonderful. Well, it's really not me, right? I do this because this is what God put in my heart to do. So I'm being a reflection of him. And so, because uh, it's so easy for us to be able to look and say, oh, I like when people (laughs) affirm me. Well, really we want them to see that in that affirmation, it's because of who we are in him. Yeah. Yeah. We're living letters read of all men. People living are one of my favorite looking scriptures. at our lives and seeing where, what kingdom are we reflecting? And, you know, I kind of joke, you can ask any 
church kid who grew up in the 90s, like what color was your WWJD bracelet? Like I had a maroon <laughs> one and I had like a rainbow one. Oh and I remember those. You do remember the mm -hmm. WWJD? Everybody had them. And, you know, what would Jesus do? And I think that that statement, it, it got kind of, you know, catchy and, and we just threw our bracelets away after a while. But I love that statement because it's not yeah. just about what Jesus did as far as works, but it's how did Jesus care about a person? And I love the life of Jesus because sometimes I look at the way that he cared about mm -hmm. someone and it doesn't look the way I would care about someone. It's it might look a little, you know, he's calling people out on their stuff. You know, he's saying to the woman at the well, you've had a lot of husbands. The one you're with now is not, you know, is not your husband. And so he's calling people out, but that was out of love. He saw the person and he genuinely cared about them so he could speak the truth in love. And so sometimes, um, it's important that people care or that we care about what other people think because it, um, it allows us to care for them, who they are, and to love them well and to represent him well. And that doesn't always just look like um, just empty good works. It looks like genuine love, genuine care for a person. One of the great examples of a person of favor in the Bible is Esther, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and in, in Scripture, it says that Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Mm -hmm. wow. 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 <laughs> but we know before that, she asked the head person that was over her, what does the king like? Mm -hmm. Now think about yeah. that. This is who Esther was. Yes, God gave supernatural favor, but she also positioned herself to say, what does this person like? And that is what wow. I'll do. Yeah. Wow. See, a lot of times in the church world, people say the favor is God, the favor of God is on me for you to serve me. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in all those cases, even when you look at Joseph, mm -hmm. you know, finding favor, Daniel, all these ones finding favor, right? Mm. They found favor by serving others. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is so and good. so in today's culture, we want to flip it. But true favor from the Lord, yes, is supernatural, but it's also a willingness to serve those around you. Mm -hmm. Just like Esther said, hey, hey, I think it was Haggai. I think that's how you say it. Hey, Haggai, what does the king like? Yeah. What makes him happy? Um, what gets him going? Yeah. <laughs> this is what I want to do. And scripture says, Esther obtained favor in the sight of all, all. Except Haman, right? <laughs> In sight of all who saw her. Wow. She Pretty cared, crazy. She that cared is... about what the king cared about. Yeah. yeah. She want, She wanted to know. And I think one of the biggest hindrances to uh, personal connection is you are about your personal agenda yeah. rather right. than connection. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, did you have something else? No, no. I was going to let you yeah. respond to it. Yeah, that it leads to one of my favorite, I think it's one of my favorite and most um, eye-opening and challenging parts of the Bible in Romans 8, uh, where Paul is talking about 
um, eating meat. And now, so now they're, they're under a new covenant, recognizing that um, the law of the old covenant is, is passed. Um, but some people are still struggling with what's right and what's wrong under, you know, the, the new covenant. And um, so Paul is saying, is it wrong to eat meat? No, we know that it's, it's not under the new covenant. It's not wrong. But if it would cause your brother to stumble that you would eat meat in front of them, don't you dare eat meat in front of them. He's saying, because if this matters to them in their state of maturity, mm. in their current understanding, uh, it would cause them to stumble. So even though you know in your heart it's not wrong, don't you dare do it in front of them. Don't you dare cause another man to stumble. So he was saying, you need to care about where they're at right now. You need to care about their level of maturity, because uh, if you would cause an, a man to stumble, it's very harsh language, but he, he's, um, you know, he's basically saying it would be better for you to go, you know, mm -hmm. you're, it's not good to do that. Um, and so we need to care about um, where people are at, because even if in my heart, it's not wrong at all, if I would cause another brother to stumble, um, he, it, it's looked very, you know, it's very frowned upon. I need to look up the actual language of the mm -hmm. verse. But um, so, yeah, we need to care about where other people are. It's not just about me. It's about other people and and what I'm modeling before them, what I'm representing, and how I'm caring and loving for them well. Uh, scripture also says that a knowledge alone puffs up, or another mm -hmm. way to put it, knowledge alone makes you self-righteously arrogant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you could be like, well, I don't look at me eating this and look how mature, I, look at how free I am. That's really the wrong attitude of the believer. Good preaching. Yep. Yeah. That doesn't, it's not saying that you can't eat the meat. It's that don't do it in front of them. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if, if we're just going based on our personal agenda alone, we can be really become self-righteously arrogant, and that's not the heart of Christ, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I found the the scripture here. It's, it's Romans 8, 12 and 13. It says, And when you sin against other believers by encouraging them to do something that they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live, for I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. So good. That just shows Paul's heart uh, for the people and not just about what heart he Heart and maturity, I yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also in Romans 12, 18, it says, if it is possible, meaning yeah. that there might be a possibility <laughs> that it's not, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, mm -hmm. all right, it says, live at peace with everyone. You know who everyone includes? <laughs> people that disagree with you. Yeah. People that don't like you. Yeah. People that call you names. Mm -hmm. It says, if it's possible, right? If it's possible, as far as it depends on you. That is so good. Live at peace with everyone. And one thing I've learned about honor is that when you honor someone, it doesn't validate their character, mm -hmm. but it reveals yours. There you go. So when you honor something, someone, it does not validate who that person is. Honor comes from who you are, and then you express it. It's kind of like the old saying, like, uh, you need to show me I should respect you. Yeah. No, <laughs> actually, you're a respectable person. You're a person of honor, and it should just flow from you. Mm -hmm. You don't need to earn it. 
That is so good. It, it goes back to things we've talked about is we're honoring someone's intrinsic worth separate mm-hmm. from what they do. And that's the thing that's going to touch their heart because something happens to a person when they are honored and valued. Yeah. When that takes place, it opens up the door of their heart to really discover not just what they can be, but who they can be in God. Mm-hmm. What what an honor we have mm-hmm. to impact our world for good. Yeah. Not so, just in the church, but outside the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. I know that we hit a lot of topics on this mm-hmm. one. I think it kind of answers those questions, mm-hmm. why we should and shouldn't mm-hmm. kind of thing. So do you guys have any other thoughts before we close it out? No, I'm all good. I think, um, you know, it's just good to recognize that sometimes both are true <laughs> and recognizing when we need to care and when we don't need to care. And uh, ultimately, we want to represent him well. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.